This is the American Medical Association's COVID-19 Update Podcast. This is part of an ongoing series featuring critical insights from the physicians and healthcare professionals on the front lines of the pandemic. Hello, this is the American Medical Association's COVID-19 Update. Today, we're talking with Dr. Asif Isak, President of the Professional Medical Corporation, or PMC, in Flint, Michigan, about vaccine hesitancy in his community and addressing historical distrust. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer in Chicago. Uh, Dr. Isak, when people hear Flint, Michigan, I think a lot of people still think of the water crisis that plagued the community back in 2014. Flint residents are still feeling effects of the public health crisis today, and still a lot of people strongly distrust local and state officials and won't even drink the tap water, even though it's now been tested and deemed safe. Can you give us a little bit of background on how people lost that trust and why it's been so difficult to get it back? Uh, Thank you very much, Todd, for uh, having me and the opportunity for uh, us to share uh, uh, information with you and uh, having this opportunity. Um, as uh, most of you know, in 2014, uh, the Flint water was switched uh, and we uh, had a new source of water, Flint River was used. And people start feeling some of the effect of that in their daily use. And there was some pushback by the local authorities Uh, public health officials that the water is safe. That made it uh, sort of created a sense of distrust that people felt somebody's hiding. And about a year and a half later, things sort of opened up and a lot of information came out. And certainly a lot of water under the bridge by then. And people really felt some of the disease burden or just in general, they felt that they were lied to And it really had sort of set up all these years now, this sense of something, whenever there's a question, people always think first negative or what is not being told instead of, you know, trying to take it with an open mind. It's always hard to win back when you are distrusting a system. And, you know, there's a lot of obviously historic the reasons also behind, and then one event, which really every time you open a tap, you still mm-hmm. think about it, you know? So it's not like something, an event happened and remotely kind of fades in your memory. Mm-hmm. This one is kind of always alive in your life on a daily basis. And still there is some of those hesitancies exist. And I think now fast forward to the COVID-19, it just some of, the challenges, things that were not known or we found out as information came through, if you are not trusting the system, you always say, well, we were told this a month ago and now you're changing your story. Well, the story is evolving in the right way, but if you really have some distrust to begin with, it really takes hold. And I think you're, uh, you know, you're starting with that kind of, foundation, so to speak, of distrust. Now we're moving into, you know, pile on a lot more distrust that we're seeing out among some segments of the population in, you know, in science and then in the vaccine. And so, you know, now we're seeing uh, vaccination rates in Flint and the broader Genesee County where Flint is located to be some of the lowest 
in all of Michigan. Is that related to the, you know, the prior water crisis? I think so. I think there is some element to that, that, you know, people almost think about, okay, what if I'm not being told right now about the vaccine? You know, there is enough in the media, enough, uh, you know, negative press out there. And what gets people's attention is their, you know, prior sort of inclination about which news to really uh, think that may be more accurate. And I think that has been a challenge. That, uh, that, yeah, that makes it very hard for a physician. Yeah. There's already a big job to do there too, to overcome that. So yeah. when you think about, you know, your role of as, as a physician in the broader medical community, you know, what are you doing to overcome that? How, how do you approach something like that? You know, I think physicians really did play a positive role during the crisis. I think maybe there was one um, community members who were trusted more than a lot of others. You know, our Genesee County uh, Medical Society, uh, our health coalition really took a lot of uh, time and effort, volunteers, and really educated people and were at the forefront of really uh, uh, working with local officials. So I think we did have more trust going at that time. And we are hoping that as this issue needs some guidance, that we our voices are really would matter more and are stronger. And I think we're trying from different platforms and on individual basis, trying to convince our patients that really the vaccine is the way to go. But you know, you look at Flint in general or Genesee County, there are many other barriers too. I think yes. vaccine hesitancy is, uh, we have a starting point that is difficult. And well, let's now, uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit more about that. I know, for instance, our new, uh, the board chair of uh, AMA, uh, Dr. Bobby McComla, has been very active uh, in the Flint water crisis and has even been out on the front lines giving vaccines. But yeah. you mentioned other barriers, and I want to talk a little bit about the health equity uh, implications here, because Flint's population is 54% Black, and about 45% of its residents live in poverty. Uh, the Michigan Civil Rights Commission concluded that the poor governmental response to the water crisis was a result of systemic racism. And we've seen COVID hit underserved communities especially hard across the United States and some of the lowest vaccination rates in these particular communities. So let's talk about the health equity implications here, you know, and those obstacles that you're seeing. You know, I mean, when you think about uh, some of those numbers, you know, you're looking at 40, 50% of the population is below the poverty line. You have underlying health risk factors are more prevalent. You have issues with transportation, access to health services. You know, half a third of the people may not even own a car or a, a mode of transportation to get from places. Public uh, transit system is not always that easily accessible. If you ask patients, you know, can you get to your appointments? You know, there is challenges. Even getting appointments with health professionals is hard sometimes because of a lot of other challenges. So accessing healthcare, you add the mistrust and distrust that is exists. You add some social challenges. Really, it creates 
of, of just a constellation of factors that leads to some of the results we are seeing, you know. Mm -hmm. Curated from more than 3,000 major newspapers, magazines, and journals, the AMA Morning Rounds newsletter delivers the top stories in healthcare right to your inbox Monday through Friday. Subscribe today and check out all the AMA's free newsletters at ama-assn.org slash myinbox. That's ama-assn.org slash myinbox. How, uh, I'm just curious, how have you personally kind of had to adapt how you talk to patients uh, given the challenges that you're facing there, which are multiple? You know, when you think about as a physician, our role is really asking our patients every day to do certain things that may have actually an immediate consequences, which they may not feel good. You know, I'm asking somebody and convincing them, oh, you may need an amputation because this limb is not salvageable. Let's, or you may need a surgery for something that you cannot see right now, but it's coming. And, you know, they trust us and they end up doing something even when the effect of that may be later and they're not feeling sick now. And you convert that to now a discussion about a vaccine. I think physicians can convince people I think first important thing is probably not to dismiss when somebody is hesitant. You know, sometimes, you know, we in a hurry too can say, okay, well, you know, why you're hesitant? We can have a quick conversation and that sort of solidifies their own um, sort of distrust that, okay, I've been pushed to do something that I may not and nobody's really taking time to explain. So I think listening to their concern and then sometimes even giving personal examples, you know, I mean, I got vaccinated, I got it early, didn't have problem, my family's vaccinated, all our staff is vaccinated. And, you know, sometimes sharing some of those experiences, you know, how it changed our day-to-day -day life, our interaction within our families, how, you know, it's sort of a liberating feeling sometimes. And then walking them through, okay, what are their concerns are, some people may say, oh, well, it's too fast or the research or it didn't get tested enough. And, you know, you can really help them understand that the technologies are in the process for years and years and decades for that matter. We just could fast track things mm. now by decreasing some bureaucratic challenges that were usually put on for delays. So sometime I think just taking a few extra minutes, adding some personal touch to it might help. And I still feel that, you know, not everybody who is hesitant is gradation in that. There are some people who are just on the fence. Mm -hmm. If the vaccine was deliverable to them easy, they probably will get their arm out. Yeah. And uh, in fact, in Chicago here, they're actually going to be doing it right to your home and get a yeah. gift card if you do that yeah. on top of that. So those issues of access, exactly. um, you know, are, are really, really important. I mean, you work uh, with a group, uh, PMC, uh, that is a network of more than 475 independent physicians who team together uh, to improve practice efficiency and patient care. Uh, of course, many of those physicians are, are serving in the Flint, Michigan area. 
you know, as a network and as a group, you know, have, do you have any kind of best practices or learnings to share uh, with other physicians out there about addressing vaccine hesitancy when you're facing this kind of double whammy of distrust? I think there were really over the time the pandemic evolved, PMC sort of had different roles, you know, from starting where we were at the start of the lockdown, trying to sort of work a, a coherent strategy among practices. Okay, the lockdown is there. How are we gonna serve patients who needs his insulin tomorrow or who are still in the process of getting some care? So how we can remain accessible, how we can remain open with whatever risk mitigation that we have to take for ourselves, for our staff, and at the same time serving the population. So as a group, we come up with quick strategies, how to quickly launch telehealth setups, you know, trying to see which practice is ahead, how they're doing it, quickly deploy our consultants or practice consultants to reach out to other practices. We conducted some webinars. So getting people back online in some format so they can continue to serve the population. And then the next challenge was, okay, where is the PPE? Is everybody has some mm. that they can work? Okay, so, you know, challenges of helping people, finding resources, distributing, and testing. I mean, we forgot about at the time how difficult that was. We created few testing sites that people can go, each practice can call and the patients can be sent over there so that there is some avenue that is available within our own community of physicians who they can refer. And then just continuously really supporting financially and otherwise the practices to stay afloat, you know, they can continue to employ their, you know, people and continue to have their offices open to serve. Now, after mm -hmm. that, I think the next phase came where, okay, now vaccines are available, you know, working with local health department, trying to get as many physicians in our own group able to get vaccines. And then now we have several of our physicians who have vaccines in their office. Mm -hmm. So we really just have a fairly open communication. My patients, are you ready to get vaccine? Okay, here's the number. I'm going to call that office, go there. And they're ready to give you, no matter you are a patient there or not, you know, try to facilitate end to end as quickly. You know, even my one colleague has vaccine. I'm a medical director of a nursing home and I need 10 or 12 people who just came in, but now can get their second shot. Hey, can your office come in, give them a vaccine? You know, just finding different ways to use whatever resources we have within our own group to really uh, use them as efficiently as we can. That's so important. And uh, it sounds like Dr. Isaki, you and your fellow physicians have your work cut out for you uh, as you address, you know, basic level of distrust. Uh, and it's so important right now because we are seeing COVID uh, spreading among unvaccinated populations and a lot of concerns about variants at this point. Thank you so much for coming on the COVID-19 update and sharing your experience and your perspective. Uh, that's it for today's COVID-19 update. We'll be back with another segment soon. In the meantime, visit ama-assn.org slash COVID-19 for more resources on COVID-19. Thanks for joining us today. Please take care.
This content was originally published as part of the AMA's COVID-19 daily video updates. Find the latest at ama-assn.org slash COVID update. Subscribe to other great AMA podcasts available wherever you listen to yours or visit ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thank you for listening.